Welcome to the Survivor's Guide. Um, we're back for one episode. And by we, I mean we. There's three of us. Myself, Nazim Hussain, James, James Milsom, and Amy, Amy Ruffle. Three of us. We've been saving all of our stories. for, for how, When was the last one we did? It was like pre-Christmas, right? So it's at least six months, mm. like seven months ago. Yeah. And we vowed to never speak to each other. <laughs> Um, between episodes so uh, Amy oh my goodness she has shaved her head um, <laughs> full tattoos across the face <laughs> tattoos on the face and James has some sort of some of Amy's horns. tattoos are actually like cultural appropriation you've got one that's just the chin and I feel like you know have you should yeah. you yeah uh, they're strictly only culturally appropriated tattoos yeah. <laughs> uh, but you've stolen but cultural appropriation is a white thing so she's being true to her culture Mm. Thank you. Yeah. So it is, right. in fact, a good thing that I've done. So what she's done is, yeah, she's, she, you know, if I did it, that'd be different. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be yeah. appropriate from Amy's culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how, have you, how have you been? How have you, how have you guys been between the lockdowns? Look, I don't think that I'm thriving this year. I don't think it's been a time for uh, many of us to, but surviving fine. Um, you know. We had a comedy festival show though, Amy. Yeah, we had that brief little period where life felt really normal and I think I made the mistake of having um, hope and optimism. <laughs> and so I really enjoyed myself and was like, I'm going to go back to doing live theatre as a career. Yeah. And then um, now we're back in our houses and I've- here we are. No, but I feel like you're what you've that you've just stated the Melbourne uh, mindset, which is we're only ever between lockdowns, and the rest of the country, <laughs> they uh, they look at us and they think well, you guys, you know, stop being so pessimistic. You live life, be free. Now you had a, your comedy festival run. I didn't get to go, but yes, James, James turned up, which yeah. was very lovely to have the support of James at the comedy festival. I know. Well, we to tried, be fair, I, tried. I didn't go to be supportive. I just liked. <laughs> the actual <laughs> show i just thought okay. it was a good show and i wanted to see it i want it on the record that i in no way was being supported for you actually take that as more of a compliment that's actually like- more of a genuine thing to say like, i don't like you i just wanted to be you are more entertaining than i get from your friendship yeah mm. that's huge for me so thank you oh that's actually the case with both of you from my perspective <laughs> I'm a big fan. I like. I'm a big fan of Nazim Hussain's comedy. Always have been. Whoa. Um, but like um, the man, mm. eh, you know, take it or leave I, it. I, I wouldn't even say could take it or leave it. Leave mm. it. Leave you know, it. Well, you know what? I don't even know if I want to say that I feel the same way about you, James, or even the opposite. What's more insulting? I actually find you. You are dull, and I hate your. You have no entertainment value. Minus entertainment value. You yeah. Oh my God! Take from entertainment value. You take- and that's actually a pretty good segue into the <laughs> no, no, that but, I'd like but, to but, bring but, to but, the table. Wait, wait! But as a person, great guy, very good person, oh. such a great person, yeah. um, the highest of people. But, but a drainer, just, drainer oh, entertainment-wise, yeah, he does. He, got, he walks into a party. What is the op- he's a, He kills parties. He's a, he's a buzzkill, a classic buzzkill. Yeah. Oh, like recently I went to a party, not that recently, obviously, and also it's <laughs> fictional. It never happened, but I'm saying it. James um, is re- the embodiment of a lockdown. Recently I went to a party and, peep and I got introduced as this is James or Jeremy or something I can't remember, and he is a snooze fest. 
Um, <laughs> Are you serious? That is hilarious. Someone referred to you as a snooze fest. Mm. No, but that's comforting. If someone puts me to sleep, um, I want that person around a lot because that's a high form of praise. Yeah, absolutely, Mm. absolutely. Um, Also, you're lowering the expectations so hard that, like, if you provide any entertainment, then someone's like, "Oh, who's better than expected?" (laughs) Whereas, like, if Naz walks in, people like he should be cool, and then it goes down. (laughs) Yeah, they get to know me. The more, yeah, exactly. But a snooze fest is too celebratory as well as a festival in that term. And snooze is something people love doing. You're worse than that. You're, you are, sh- you're just shit. Yeah, you're an induced coma. Oh, like it's not even like a passive thing. It's actively bringing you down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a depressant. No, no, but a depressant people take and they, are they do, do people take them intentionally? Yeah, you take them too. You yeah. would hope so. You should know if you're on depressants. Can I be honest? This was just the entertainment side of me trying to make comedy out of James actually being entertaining and a good good guy. So People do. Anyone who's listening who has my phone number, ring it. I'll not answer. <laughs> and then and listen to my voicemail message. Apparently, every time I try to make a new greeting, it's always boring sounding. Um, even if I try to spice it up a little bit. No, but no it sounds what... like you've put your greeting into it, like you've typed it into a computer and a robot has said the words back. That's what your voicemail sounds like. No, like yeah, it... but I think they now can make robots sound pretty animated and so <laughs> it's like quite a bit less. Now, but James's natural disposition is what comedians who often try deadpan try to achieve, but they can never. Oh James God. is that naturally. <laughs> so James doing deadpan is actual death. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do deadpan. It'll be the most bizarre. Yeah. yeah anyway, so- after we just made this a really safe space for you, James, what was the <laughs> issue you'd like to bring to the table? <laughs> this is a genuine um, thing that I realised recently. Okay. So um, this is a co- kind of a COVID-related thing that I'd like some help um, surviving. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Um, it's, and it's real. So I – and actually I reckon I said this on this very – pod um like in its earlier days that i and now i've found i've heard myself saying it to people and i've realized pretty late in the piece that it's a really dickish thing to say so what i've been saying like people say how's your covid going or whatever how's lockdown (laughs) 5.0 for you and i tend to say i'm like it doesn't really affect me Mm. Uh, my job blah blah you know it's i'm not but and i just realized that's such a shitty thing to say to people. But you see, we see this is the thing. Like you're um the you you don't come across as the most empathetic person. You just come across <laughs> as a guy. But that response is incredibly <laughs> empathetic. Like I'm you, wrong. the person is asking how you are and how your experience has been, and, yeah. and, and you you would rather lie to satisfy them and their possible lack of privilege or comfort in this current phase we're in you are that's you're a nice guy see what i mean listeners james is a nice person <laughs> yeah i'm i'm still on naz's side here of like i think this is a time where we should be celebrating any sorts of like joy or normality so yeah. if somebody's life is not super affected mm. that like don't take away just because other people's have like we need to be excited for the good that is surviving yeah. and then be empathetic for the people that are not in that situation. See, the Amer- Amy's got the right amount of America and Australia. Like Australians, we, you know, hey, that's a nice top. Oh, no, it's so shit. I hate it. I don't even know why I'm wearing it. I, I should, someone should throw me in the bin. Whereas <laughs> Americans, they celebrate their wins. They high-five each other. They're optimistic. You know, we need a bit yeah. of that. You can't just. So, James, hmm. I reckon just rub your successes in people's faces. <laughs> 
This is just. I feel like this is going to be creating a monster. What I, I wait, well, can I ask you? Who both gauged this so badly? What <laughs> oh, I no. need is someone to just shut me down. And no, okay, okay, that but hasn't okay. already oh, happened oh, oh, enough. Right. Well, well, I guess the second part of this, this <laughs> dilemma is wondering who asked you. Like, if it was someone in a COVID ward that is on a ventilator, how's your lockdown been, James? And you're like, pretty good actually. <laughs> then, then yeah, you're a dick. But um, you know, yeah. if it's if it's someone that has hoarded <laughs> Pfizer vaccines. And they're like, how's your like, David? You're allowed to be happy too. You know, they've mm. got a lot of Pfizer vaccines. This I think the bigger crime is if you're out there like lying to people because there's plenty of times where things will not be great in life. So if you're having a moment where it's actually fine, I think just like being honest is totally, mm. totally. Well, I've started just when people ask me, I've just either ignored them um, and walked away and kept walking until I'm at least like four and a half kilometers away. So I haven't gone outside my um, 5K. Or I, or, or I just sometimes, like the physio asked me, how's my lockdown going the other day? And I just said, um, I, I'm not prepared to answer that question. <laughs> I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Yeah. How are you? What's going on? Well, I am 60, <laughs> what do you need help with? mid 60s percent uh, protected from COVID, 67 percent efficacy. What is the I've got the AstraZeneca, guys. I've got my first oh, shot. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, so you're now like a 5G router as well. Yeah, I'm a 5G router. I am um, between days four and 28. I now I got the I got the vaccine to the people. I'm, I went to state schools, I cash public transport, and I got the AstraZeneca. Um, Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm a, bad, a man I'm of just, the people. I'm a man of the people. Have you guys gotten um, any anything? You guys, I'm you're done, dub- baby. You're done. I'm did double get, dosed. Did you get the classy one, did you? Yeah, I'm a Pfizer. I'm a boozy little uh, Pfizer bitch. You got the, you got the Pfizer. <laughs> yeah, I've got a first dose of Pfizer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Did, did you did you lose sleep? Like what happens when what are the side effects? <gasps> Just as you have a sore arm, that's my. Oh no, I got bad side effects. I oh, night really? sweated like crazy. You got what? Oh. I got real bad night sweats after the first one. It was just one night, and then the second one, I had three nights of night sweats. Like I was burning through my sheets, like you wouldn't believe. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, I got chills. Um, oh, and I was multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> you are losing control. Um. The, uh, so, Naz, hang on. Does 67 efficacy, whatever, mean that you've had one dose yeah, one, of yeah, AZ one and you've got one to, yeah. Yeah, you okay. should, I think there's got to be 12 years between the doses with Astra, some long time between the two. <laughs> oh, can't you do a combo cocktail, though? I want to, but I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's recognised by the government. You know, I want to do that. The Yeah, mix them up. Well, uh, one AstraZeneca, one Pfizer. One Pfizer, yeah. Which, okay. baby, cover the field. Yeah. yeah, apparently. So, yeah, if they, if they approve that. But you know the dodgy thing is that AstraZeneca, I read an article from traveller.com.au or something like that, which said the AstraZeneca Reputable. that we have in Australia isn't recognised by the EU and the US because it's like a, it's like, you know how they make Cadbury in the UK and in, and in Australia? Like, yeah, it's Cadbury, but they're mm-hmm. different Yeah, oh. it's not recipes. right. The formula's different. Yeah, or whatever. For whatever reason, they haven't uh, given us the blue tick or the green tick, whatever the hell the... So then, when, like, vaccine passports become a thing, it's possible that you wouldn't be able to go even if you're double-dosed AstraZeneca. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, you got to... Like, it's just like getting... Yeah, exactly. I got a counterfeit Nike watch from a... <laughs> you know, a, 
<laughs> you got your market vaccine rather than your actual store. <laughs> yeah. So did, after you got your vaccine, did the person who gave it to you roll up all their needles in a blanket and run away down the street? <laughs> <laughs> no, his vaccine was under three, three separate rocks. Yeah. He had to guess which one it was under. It was, a, it was at a fish and chip shop. It was um, <laughs> free with any potato cake. But, no, actually. Wait, the, so you had chills? Yeah, I had chills. And I was uh, the thing. I don't know how you guys felt, but how crazy is it knowing? Okay, you're getting you're taking this jab voluntarily, which means you are going to get sick that night or the next day, and you're just waiting to get sick. Yeah. So it was cool that the doctor said. Yeah, you probably, you know, you probably have the symptoms tonight. And that night I didn't until like the middle of the night. And then I was like, oh, I'm feeling quite cold right now. And I was I was sort of registering what was going on and noting. I like the room was really hot, but my feet were freezing. And I could right. Yeah. And then I anyway, the next night I did a did a gig and um, you know, I was fine. And then as soon as I was on stage, I started getting proper sweats and I was dripping sweat on. I might have just been nervous oh. having a bad gig. Um, that's just kind of what happens when you try to do comedy yeah i think it was just like i forgot my jokes so i do wonder how much of it is like psychosomatic of like oh i'm going to have a side effect and so then you like in that like maybe you get cold every night and you just never pay attention yeah that's true i have got gills though as well (laughs) (laughs) that could be psychosomatic as well just that whole idea of waiting for pfizer really pisses me off because um okay one in even if it's, say, one in a million. One in a million is insanely low. I remember when my stepdad had to go get open-heart surgery, they said, look, um, you know, it's a perfectly normal procedure. We do it all the time. There is obviously a risk. You know, one in 100 people have complications that lead to death, but that's, an, incre- that's an incredibly low, um, you know, number. One in 100. And I remember understanding that. We all understood that as, like, a low risk. Though while he was having the operation, we still freaked out. Like, we were praying in that time because we were like... You know, one they probably do operate on a, hundreds of people a week. So a handful of people will die with these. You know, he got through it and he's fine and healthy. But you know, if he, so, I was thinking about the numbers. Well, eleven hundred people die each year on the roads. That was twenty twenty stat eleven hundred and three or something. Right. Um, five people have died in five million shots of AstraZeneca. So if there's twenty five million people in the country, we all take it. That's twenty five deaths. You are about 500 times or 1,000, I don't know what the maths is, but you're like 1,000 times more likely to die every time you get in the car than you yeah. are getting the shot. I, if, you do, if you had a one in one million chance of dying every day, you would live for thousands and thousands of years. So I don't know why like, we have to do this mental, you know, th- these, these mathematical equations about life and death Mm-hmm. Well, because if you have one in a million chance of dying every day, you also one of those people is going to die is only going to live for one day. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is like you get in the car every time, you are one thousand times more likely to die of that. And you go, where do you drive? Like I drove to the milk bar. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I drove to a milk bar. But you drive <laughs> to the dumbest things. You drive for yeah. innocent, non-essential reasons. People drive to cheat on their partners. And then they come back alive. Okay? No. So, what? What? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Mean, if I'm going to cheat, I walk there, okay? Oh, I don't I'm take always going to PT it because I just like, you know, sustainability in that. But um, yeah. I think what, okay. What okay, imagine if, if there were labels. Imagine if there were labels on every activity that you did that displayed the risk of death rating. 
You know, yeah. like, you know, imagine if just like have to have to have nutritional information on the back of everything. Imagine if every activity you did, you're, you're about to go for a walk. There's one in 10,000 chances you're going to get hit by a car and die. Uh, you know, would people go out for walks? Because we don't know how to compute the difference between one in 100 and one in 10,000. As if our brains go, oh, no, nah, that's less than, that's much less than drinking a mm-hmm. bottle of almond milk. <laughs> I don't know. I come up with the worst examples. You have a nut allergy. You know what I mean? Did yeah. you drink a whole bottle of almond no, milk? I don't. <laughs> this isn't exactly a thought through diatribe, but people often talk about this like uh, when it's when there's a shark attack and they say, "Oh, shark attack!" and so what are we going to do about all these sharks? <laughs> and then and then someone comes out and like then there's a quote in some article saying like you're more likely to get killed by a cow than you are by a shark. Yes, but I think you're more likely to get killed by either a cow, cow or a shark than a car than <laughs> an AstraZeneca shot. Exactly. But so, okay, what about if you it's drove like, you know, the your plane, car the, to yeah. the vaccination hub or, in your case, the fish and chip shop yeah. and got your vaccination <laughs> and then yeah. you drive your car back? Have you got, like, like are you accumulating okay, so, uh, all of your different death chances? Uh, I'm glad you've asked a mathematical question. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically you just multiply the probabilities so if it's one in 100,000 of dying from activity A, you multiply that by one in 500 chance of dying from eating chips at a fish and chip shop, which is, which is the actual risk, guys. Mm. You know, if one person dies in every 500 that eat fish and chips. <laughs> That's not yeah. true. That's a risk I'm willing to take, honestly. I will not stay on this planet without fish and chips. Yeah, they yeah. die immediately. So you just multiply them. So... Um, actually, but yeah, you're my, right. Like every single thing that we do every day has some level of risk. It's just not blasted across the front of the newspaper, so no one's thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's 25 million people in the country. You know, someone's going to die from something dumb all the time. Yeah, not to say that a vaccine is dumb or or not dumb or intelligent, but you know, it's. But a, also, like people eat like garbage food that's full of poison, and they never think of like those health consequences, or like drinking, or like what you said, driving. Like, there's so many things that have a risk involved in it. Yeah. You know, I think more people have probably died by domestic violence than the vaccine this year. But Let's see. Now, there are so now many we're... examples. Yep. Hmm. But so how, how does that stack up to Naz's almond milk example? Because some, <laughs> how do you know you have Glad a nut allergy? Glad you asked. <laughs> how, do you, how, does, how, does, how do people with nut allergies first know they have a nut allergy? Okay. They do almond milk shots and just wait. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Every child at the age of two is just shotting back almond milk, <laughs> soy milk, peanut butter. <laughs> well, that's, you know, you, you know you have a nut allergy because you encounter nuts of some sort and uh, then you react and you, there's a chance of death. So we should rub some AstraZeneca on a yeah. baby's lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rub it all over their body um, instead of baby oil. Here it works. It's more effective. In fact, there's probably just a, they're probably just dumping truckloads of them anyway. So just just gather them up and just just ba- bathe your children in it. Yeah, it's just so weird that like we're not scientists. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so weird. This is this should be a science podcast. <laughs> Uh, I sometimes realize how dumb I am and it's very upsetting. <laughs> no, Amy, you are the smartest among us. So I know, so that's really bad for you guys because <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, roughly, have you a conundrum? What can we help you survive? 
Um, I have many conundrums. A few I was thinking, I was like, oh, that's too much of a buzzkill to, uh, you know, that's your role, James, and I didn't want to take that from you. <laughs> uh, but my thing is, okay, so in all of the other lockdowns where I've lived has been very lucky and hasn't ever had exposure sites and stuff, right? And so I've been able to go to the shops and kind of do that, you know, on the regular, maybe like daily just to get out of the house and go and talk to the poor man stocking mushrooms in Woolworths. Um, but this time... Oh, he works there. He, he works there, not just but... just a poor man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, you know, I just, I'll talk to anyone. I don't care. It's just a chance to get out and socialise. It's yeah. my trip to the grocery store. But you'll specifically gravitate towards the mushroom guy. <laughs> or someone that looks financially in trouble. So poor in either way. Poor man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, But this time Richmond has like had heaps of exposures. So I've tried Mm. to be responsible and I just went to the shops and bought so much to stock up the house. But now I have so much food in the house. And so my question is. (laughs) You panic bought. (laughs) I panic bought, but specifically just like snacks, no toilet paper. I um, am probably low on that. But how do I not just eat all of that and be a complete fat piece of shit? Hang on a second. Are you saying that your strategy is to keep shelf stockers in a job, you're buying the things from the shelves? (laughs) Is that right? Amy is keeping this economy. Why don't you just take it off the shelf and put it in a different part of the supermarket and then they have a job in reorganising it? (laughs) Why don't you just arm arm bar rows of of groceries, just stick your arm out and just walk and let everything fall on the ground? I like this line of thought that my buying a bunch of food was altruistic and for the economy and not because I can't control what I eat. No, I think you're actually doing a good thing. It's kind of like, you know, when people say, hey, um, James, why don't you um, recycle? Why do you just chuck every, like, why don't you sort your recycling out? And I, and I always stand up at James and say, no, he doesn't do that because then there wouldn't be people employed at the garbage chips sorting it out. Yeah. Um, James thinks about them. And, yeah, man of the people again. Man of the people. And then, and then if I don't sort it out properly... Um, there will be a job for, like, the person in Malaysia who, when we ship it all in a container over to them <laughs> to recycle for us, that per- there was all these people who have to audit it and then say, this isn't all fucking recycling, <laughs> send it back. And then there's jobs for the dudes on the boat mm. who then have to sail it back to us. Yep. You and know. you're allowing other people to feel good because they feel superior because they're recycling and you're not. So it's exactly. like a form of um, like positivity and motivation for the community. Precisely. Yeah. That's the thing. Like laziness keeps the economy moving forward. If everybody um, cooked their own food, grew their own stuff in their backyards, uh, whatever else we have to do to live without other people, then um, <laughs> then everybody else starves to death. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, wait. So, yeah, my, the I'm thing I need to know is how... This is an economy podcast now. <laughs> yeah, so how do I stop? Like, uh, do I do I put a lock on my cupboard? Right, no, like, so, what do I okay, do? Okay, so, so currently your, your problem is you've, you've got an, an oversupply of food. Yeah, and it's all, like, really fun stuff. And not a, not a demand, not enough of a demand. Why the mushroom thing, though? I'm still stuck on the mushroom stacker. Okay, let me break this down. So last year when we were in lockdown, the only time we could see other people was going to the grocery store. Mm. So I would always talk to, like, the attendants in the store just for something to do. Mm. Yes, but why the mushroom guy? (laughs) 
because mm. there's always someone stocking fresh produce. He's always in the oh, mushroom so section. I don't make the rules. This is just the game. You're singling the mushroom yeah. guy out as the poor mushroom guy. Are you aware of some hierarchy they have in the supermarkets where, like, the worst-off person has to restock mushrooms? <laughs> yes, because they know I'm coming for them. And so they, they've decided whoever was worse the shift before has to talk to the crazy lady in mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> the ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't, I can't go to the shops every day because my my Richmond um, calls keep getting mm. flagged as exposure sites. Mm. And so, oh. so I had to buy all the mushrooms right, at once. What do you have right now that you, that you need to consume or get rid of or do something with? What, what are you, okay. what are you we, dreading cooking? Oh, none of these are cookable things. I'm talking fantails. I'm talking caramel oh lemonade. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I'm talking Tim Tams. I'm talking oh. the double stuff Oreos. Ooh. I'm talking caramel popcorn. I'm talking oh my God. Um, kettle chip. Like, I just went crazy. Oh, my <laughs> God. And I just remembered we've had this exact question before on this very show. Have we? Remember, you were trying to ask – remember when we just randomly called your personal trainer? And I think <laughs> yeah. he was busy, but he spoke to us anyway. He's kind um, of quarantining. And, and you asked him um, – well, let's get him on the line. And you asked him <laughs> – <laughs> went, like what do you how do you oh, so I don't know I don't even remember but he somehow oh, went yeah, on to yeah, be talking yeah, about how you should put all boot. of your sweet treats into the boot of your car yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But no no but you know all that does it works but all it does is mean that there's an extra step between you and consuming it so you put well, that's out exercise. of sight out of, so yeah, that's out, of sight, out of mind yeah, if you put it somewhere where you can't see, you're less likely to eat it. If you want to eat it, you have to go to the car booth. Well, and also we know that if you any interaction with a car increases your risk of dying substantially. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I a friggin' vaccine. And then I've had a near-death experience, so I deserve the comfort of mm, the food yeah. in the car. Yep. Exactly. Your, your cortisol levels. I love your personal trainer. <laughs> now he did, well. I don't know if there's a chance of dying of you standing by a parked car. There probably would be. I reckon there's a chance of death for everything. There's probably a chance of death doing this podcast right now. Aren't we yeah. just? Aren't we mostly just hoping to be able to say that whatever has a greater chance of dying than than by getting vaccinated? Yes. You know what? Right. Also, so say if we lived for eighty years, every every day means that you if you have a risk of dying, so 80 years divided by your life. What? You know, Wait. so okay, what's 80 <laughs> no, times, 80 times, okay. 365? 365 divided by? Times. Oh, that, oh yeah, that's 28,480. So each day you have a risk of dying one in 28,000, whatever, 500. So one James, are you following the math? You're saying the likelihood of dying is the same when you're five years old as it is when you're 75. I've I've figured it out, guys. So (laughs) if we live live for 80 years on average, times that by 365. Carry the one. (laughs) So 80 times 365 equals. Wait, did I fuck? What the fuck are you trying to (laughs) do? Okay, no, I got it. All right. So there's a listener out there that knows what but I'm talking about. Let us in and we can help right, you. Right, I know. Guys. We okay. want to know. All what right, are you trying okay. to do? Uh, what I'm trying to do is calculate <laughs> the percentage chance of dying or the risk of dying for every hour of your life. But, so being alive for a day, the risk of you dying is one in how many days are in 80 years of your life. So if you break that down to hours, this podcast has a risk of death. 
Do you know what I mean? Jesus Christ. That was a James, long James, can you road. send me one of those folders on your desktop so I can look at that instead? <laughs> okay, so there are 29,200 days in 80 years of life. Did you, did you guys know that? I didn't till just now. So divide that by 24. Times that by 24. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, do you guys know about... Like, one in 700,000 you... chance of dying every hour. I don't think that's true. When you're when you're traveling, oh, and nah. it's like a really, really so. Like, say when I went to to visit a concentration camp in Austria, I think. Oh my that, gosh! Like it was a really, really long bus trip, and then getting there made me feel just like shit. That was the same <laughs> as that journey with Nancy. No, you're right. Like, you're right. Because you know what? Also, you know the big flaw in that is. I said if all of us live to eighty then each day that we are not 80, the chance of death is zero if we're predicting it. But what I mean is if all of us could only live up to 80 and we all die before 80, then the chance, so if you die at 29 years and four days, if you Which if this only- conversation is anything to go by, please God let it be at 29 yeah. and not 80. I can't do this. <laughs> This has to be deleted. If one person dies at 29, do I get their credits for the rest of the years because they didn't die? How do we we apportion that? (laughs) For the rest of their life that they didn't die. Yeah, that's... um, And are we banking them for all the days we haven't died? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, does that mean you get... You know what? I think the risk changes the older you get. And if someone like my grandfather died at 96 or something and so he then takes 16 years' worth of credits (laughs) off somebody else. You know what what he's done? He's someone that took both the AstraZeneca and the Pfizer vaccine. You know what? There's there's a couple of people out there that have made news because they're like, I managed to get my hands on both of the vaccines. I've had four shots. They've taken a vaccine from someone else, you know? That's exactly. true. Exactly. That's all I'm trying That's to say. That's what your granddad did. Sorry, I with just, respect. Thank God we finally agreed on something today, <laughs> Nazoim. <laughs> Nazoim. <laughs> Nazoim. <laughs> <laughs>